Some brands offer you low finance or cashback or servicing. Renault don't do ors. We do ands. The Renault Kajar with 1.91% APR and €1,000 cashback and three years servicing, saving you thousands. Renault, the brand with the ands. Visit your local Renault dealer. Finances made under a higher purchase agreement. Terms and conditions apply. Deposit required. Subject to lending criteria. See Renault.ie. If you love Star Wars and love the excitement of chasing your favorite Star Wars collectibles, the Star Wars Digital Card Trader Collecting App from Tops is for you. Collect and trade with friends new and old through the Star Wars Digital Card Trader Collecting App from Tops. These are the cards you're looking for. Listening to Coffee with Kenobi, you are. Welcome to Coffee with Kenobi. Uh, this is your co-host, Anzi, along with my good friend, Corey Club. Hello there. Hey, uh, Corey, it's good to chat with you, and unfortunately, it's under circumstances I, I would not have expected. Uh, we've lost someone very, very special in the Star Wars universe, and we've lost people before and since the show's come on, and honestly, we don't really address it on the show, and we do on our social media and things like that, but we just don't do it on the show because we want it to be more of sort of an escape, but this is something we can escape from, and, and we brought in my brother-in-law, Bill, Bill Thill, is with us. Hey, Dan. Hey, Corey. How are you guys doing? Great. Good to, good to have you here. And, and as our members of our Coffee with Kenobi family know, Bill joined us live as we talked Rogue One when, right after the theater. And that was a great show, yeah. a lot of fun. And, and unfortunately, now we have to talk about something really, really sad, really, really shocking. And that is uh, the death of Carrie Fisher at the age of 60 from a heart attack. And I know you've all got uh, things you wanted to say and talk about. Uh, with Carrie's passing. And, and Bill, I know you've got some stories, so uh, please let us know kind of a, what, what she meant to you. Well, I, you know, this obviously, you know, the night we did the, um, uh, the broadcast uh, that you guys, uh, you know, did so brilliantly from the premiere of Rogue One, you know, you, on, on your show, you guys have this great no spoilers rule, which I think is perfect. You have that period of time that goes by. And, you know, we both knew at the end of, you know, we all sat sitting there knowing at the end of Rogue One, what happens, you know, who makes an appearance. And it, it was really quite emotional um, uh, to, to see her, you know, and in, in that context. And it was also, um, I, I, a jarring is the wrong word, you know, pleasantly jarring, you know, cause it just collapsed time, you know, in, you know, from the first time I saw star Wars on its initial release in 1977, it was like a day hadn't passed, you know, the continuity of all that. And, you know, real life has, um, you know, made its way into, um, you know, the Star Wars universe, I guess, you know, there's no way to separate those two. And, you know, one is kind of a function of the other, but losing, uh, uh, Carrie Fisher was a shock because it's too early, you know, Mm -hmm. and it also is that, um, acknowledgement, uh, that, you know, it's going to happen. You know, Star Wars will live on. You know, we even talked about that night. There's going to be generations that see these movies who aren't born yet, you know, yeah. who will be fans of these movies. It's like listening to Mozart, right? Mm-hmm. At some point, people that played the instruments and Mozart who composed the music, they pass on into history, but the art lives. And, um, you know, there have been losses before, of course, in, in the, you know, the Star Wars family, the Lucasfilm family, certainly. But this is a big one. I mean, it's a big one and it just, uh, you know, hurts in a way because like, 
like a real life princess, like Princess Di, you know, when somebody's that, you know, uh, known, it does feel like, you know, her, or at least we incorporate the character and all that she is into our life, you know, in, in certain ways. I mean, not to overstate it, but, um, you know, it's a lot, it's, it's a lot because you realize, oh, that person's no longer there. And your whole life and experience with that person kind of comes out. And then, you know, what happened less than 48 hours later, you know, losing her mother is just, you know, there's a point at which fate and there's a point at which fate is cruel and it just felt like too much. And in other ways, it almost felt poetic, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's, it, there's a lot of emotions going on and I don't pretend to know what everyone's going through, uh, nor can we, um, right now even get a full handle on what this means to star Wars. Um, but the, these days are inevitable, you know? And, um, I mean, that's where I'm, that's where I'm at at the moment. There are some things I want to say about Carrie and her legacy and, you know, the, the female fans and women everywhere. And, and there's some stories I want to relate to you guys, but I'd, I'd love to hear what you guys are feeling, you know, just in terms of, you know, through the fandom and, and your feelings about, you know, her. Corey, go ahead. Yeah. Dan, you sent an email out to, um, a lot of our, our family members of coffee with Kenobi, uh, our blog, uh, post uh, writers and just everybody and say, Hey, let's make a post about kind of memories with, with Carrie or, or if you're looking to just make a, a tribute to her. Uh, and some of this is kind of my thoughts in the last few days. Yeah. Um, it's, it's weird because, you know, I, I, I tend to take celebrities and put them on a pedestal and, and think, you know, kind of a star in my eyes. Like, oh, they're great. They're wonderful. Look at what they did on screen. And it just such a great way to, uh, bring joy to uh, yourself, I guess, as far as just living through their characters on, on film. And um, I, I, I made me think of other uh, actors we've lost. Uh, one that most you know, recently comes to mind was uh, Robert Williams a few years back that really just it hit, me, it hit me in a weird way. Because like you said, Bill, it's, these, these are just these are people that, that are in an industry and they touch our lives, but um, it impacts us as fans. And, you know, something like that was impactful for me. What I could pull Robin Williams out of his characters. We've seen him in and just love him for the man he is. Uh, and I can't necessarily do that with Carrie. Um, she, she will always forever be princess Leia to me, uh, on screen, off screen, uh, and just being able to, uh, enrich, um, our culture, I guess, uh, and just being, putting herself out there. She was always good about speaking her mind. And, and as much as, uh, people you know, had a good time with that, um, she meant it. She did. She, she didn't really hold back too much. Um, and I find that interesting because, uh, in a world where we are now in digital media that people, you know, get shut down for maybe their opinions and whatnot. She's not afraid. She's brave in those aspects. We, we lost that. And it's difficult to, to kind of comprehend a little bit on, on her stage in a sense and where she, um, you know, networks with and people she enter, entertains with and, and folks, and, you know, I, I think back to a lot of the, um, comic went to uh, just when even when Star Wars wasn't as big as it is uh, today, uh, she was still going and doing things, and uh, people could still like that. There's people you know on a long line to see her and have her sign and get a memory from her. She was so personable with fans. I think I just ring through folks uh, you know online what they've got to kind of be with her and and have things signed and and had a small interaction. 
uh, and it raised their fandom. I think she was always a very positive person in the sense of uh, speaking on good terms with uh, with fans. So I think that's the biggest thing like I pull out of it um, from from her loss. Yeah, that's uh, both of you well said and poignant as well. There's uh, there's something unique about her, and I have this thing where I mean, whenever someone uh, that we don't actually know, I mean, really know personally, I think sometimes we have a habit as a culture to maybe over overly state something because it's so fresh. I don't think that's going on here with Carrie Fisher, and in fact, I think it's it's almost the opposite for me in, a, in an unusual way. Because mm-hmm. I've always, um, you know, of course, I've always loved Carrie Fisher. I've always loved Princess Leia. I remember going to see Over the Rainbow. I think that was it uh, with Chevy Chase and Carrie Fisher. It was like a movie a long time ago about them casting The Wizard of Oz. And she was in this hotel with Chevy Chase. And the only reason I saw the movie is because Princess Leia was in it. You know, and of right. course, the legacy right. of her in the original Star Wars trilogy is, you know, it's something like, you know, like you said, Bill, and like it's almost like a Mozart thing where it's still going to be watched and listened to and discussed, you know, well after we are but a memory. And it's yep. just, it's it's incredible and almost daunting in a way because there's real legacy there and not just because of Princess Leia. I mean, what Leia meant for, for fans, how many women it inspired, how many men it inspired, what she showed us about what... Um, we are capable of as, as people, not gender, but just as people and her bravery and her wit. And I'm not going to, you know, overstate the role of Princess Leia. I think like Padme, uh, as the original three or the prequels went on, I think that their roles were sort of diminished and they weren't as much of a spotlight on them for whatever reason. And it kind of came full circle with The Force Awakens. She uh, she became a general. She became much more... Um, uh, much more full of gravitas with we know where she deserved to be in the galaxy and she finally got that we, we as fans got to see that we know she's going to have a, quite a, a much bigger role in episode 8 which she fortunately has already filmed but yeah, she's, she's a person you know she's a, she's a mother she's a daughter uh, she, she's gone over the circuit she, she's a, a brilliant writer she, I mean, we, Corey and I I'm sure we're going to talk about this we got to meet her in Indiana in what uh March or April of 2015, got to go listen to her on a panel, a really big panel, and she said that doctoring up scripts was her very favorite thing to do in Hollywood. I mean, her wit uh, was incredible. It was insatiable to listen to her because of the fact that she was completely blunt, completely honest, and completely real. She made no bones about her mental illness. Uh, she was a wonderful advocate for mental illness because it's it's an illness. It's a, it's a thing, you know. It's It's something that's heavy that I don't think people always realize. She was she was a real person with a lot of things that she could have just given up, and she didn't. And I think that's one of the things that, that I take from her and her legacy. I think, if anything, her death has made us appreciate what was right in front of us. I, I am so glad you guys had the opportunity, uh, you know, to meet her and spend a little time with her. You have that photo, and uh, I, I'm just so happy for you guys that you got a chance to do that because, um, you know, uh, you know, to the point of us not really knowing these people personally. Let's say, um, in the cases where where we don't know somebody who's famous, and you and you feel like, oh, you know them, but you don't. Yeah, you know, I'll tell you the one thing about the movie business and television business. The one thing that makes people successful is, in a way, you do kind of know them. I mean, when somebody's mm-hmm. cast in a 
role. That role isn't necessarily outside of their persona. There's a, there, you know, there's a lot of sayings and, you know, different, uh, acting methodologies. And when you write and everything, but basically it all comes down to, you know, anything that's known is not unknown to me. Therefore, to be an actor, to be a writer, to be a good one, you know, if, if there is despair in the world, you have to know despair. If there's happiness and joy and love, you have to know that. If there is doubt, you have to know that. If there is evil, you have to know the edges of yourself, which um, could be that. So when somebody comes into a role, you know, one of the reasons they're cast, and I'll tell you this from a lot of experience, when you're casting a movie or a television show, you've got words and a name on a piece of paper and you have an idea. Everybody in Hollywood is waiting for somebody to walk in the room and be that, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, that's the greatest day. That's the greatest, shortest day in the world. I mean, I remember, you know, talking to Gary Marshall once about the, the TV movie that was made on his life and when they were casting Robin Williams, you know, and just to be able to ask him about that moment, you know, Robin Williams walked into the room and they were like, what the hell just happened here? You know, who is this guy? This guy just broke entertainment. Show business is different, you know, and they recognized it immediately, you know, and uh, some things are more subtle, but as Lucas was putting his cast together, you know, you, you know, I guess, and my understanding is he was, he, he pared it down into teams, you know, it wasn't even individuals. Mm-hmm. It became, here are the top individuals. I mean, cause you can imagine all of us going through this process when you're doing anything, you know, building a house, buying a car, choosing what to make for dinner, but you have your top three kind of going and then you mix and match them together and say, okay, where is the chemistry? And it's that chemistry that wraps around the character and they embody the character. And all of a sudden, you know, you do see facets of, of Carrie Fisher's personality there very much. You know, it's, um, it's, it's very common. And the fact that, um, you know, we see her as Princess Leia, you know, certain people are cast in roles and they're so iconic and so huge. Um, you know, it's, it's what separates them from, you know, there are movie stars, there are working actors and then there are people who played iconic roles, you know, and everything that leads up to an iconic role from, you know, George Lucas's genius to, you know, Star Wars at its moments in history to the cast they had. There, it, there's no rhyme or reason to it. It just happens. You know, it's like somebody has to win the lottery. 300 million tickets sold. Somebody has to win it someday. You know, if you could replicate it, everyone would be trying to replicate it every day. No one starts out to fail in the entertainment business. Um, and the fact that when something hits in that way, it's just, um, you know, it's extraordinary. And it, it no longer belongs even to the people themselves that created it in some ways. It belongs as much to the world as to the fans as the artist and the artist collaborators. Corey, what do you want to say about you know the I mean I appreciate what Bill said especially about you know I mean it was it was great I mean I remember when we were we saw we were going to go to Indiana Comic Con the main reason we were going to go was because we could meet Carrie Fisher and we tried mm-hmm. to schedule an interview and we tried but of course you know that's not going to happen she's every single person in the state wanted to talk to her right and so right. We, so we elected to not get an autograph but to get our picture with her and. I mean, people can go back and listen to our Indiana Comic-Con recap, which we can put in the show notes, and we will. But kind of, you know, with a little time passing, tell me mm-hmm. what, kind of reflect on that. Yeah, because I, I look back on it, um, it kind of, our show, Coffee with Kenobi, being a kind of, uh, 
we were just trying new things and Indiana was kind of a, a trial run for celebration. Um, and I was kind of getting our wiggles out and, uh, interviewing people and meeting new people. And, uh, that was, yeah, the big draw for us was Carrie Fisher. Uh, and for me as a fan, I'd never met, I'm trying to think, I, I never met a bigger star, um, to that point, I guess. Um, and, and something that I enjoyed so much, uh, and you always think of star Wars as the big three Han, Luke and Leia. And, and, you know, you got piece of the pie, you got one, one third, you know, and that's, that was her. And I'd always heard stories of how great she was with fans and, but to experience it. And like you said, it, is, it was a photo op and, and you kind of are standing in the queue and people are kind of, you know, getting nervous and talking about, you know, their experiences. And, and there she is. She just, she, I think tried to give her best uh, to each and everybody that wanted to see her interact with her. Um, and it was, it was nothing less than that for me. Um, I, I would have loved to have talked to her and spoken to her and just uh, thanked her for um, her roles. And, uh, and then, uh, you know, just seeing as, you know, like I said, it, it, she was just too big of a star to catch for us and, and that's okay. I mean, that's, we, we build up memory and, uh, that always live with me. I think as a fan at that moment uh, of of Star Wars fandom for me, and I can and I've, people have talked to me and said, "Hey, have you met any of the cast or anything like that?" And I can say, "Yeah, I have met Carrie Fisher and, and had an experience with her. I've also had an experience with Peter Mayhew, and and it's it's things like that that you know, you, like you said, Bill, it's just you you grow to love these characters so much, and then to see them in real life and shake their hand and and, and see them in the flesh is always kind of astonishing for me. It was for uh, when we met Frey Prince Jr. Uh, also, because they're just so, they, they love their fans and they're gracious and they're real people. And I forget that going in uh, because I, I, I'm i just enamored with their roles and who they are. But I, I love the fact that um, we were able to do that uh, and also build memories from that that day uh, with other um, friends and, and, and I could tell about experiences. Uh, Amy Redcliffe was also able to go and spend time with her as well. So I think it's really cool to discuss that and kind of give a perspective. Well, we were, we were waiting in line and we we're excited and everybody's mm-hmm. giddy, you know, and yeah. people in, in different stages of, of fandom and, and cosplaying and things of that nature. And it's basically like an assembly line, right? I mean, you just yeah. go and okay, stand here. Okay, and as soon as one person goes and gets a picture, you go you go to the next room and boom, you're done. So we walk out, and I first I went on the right side until nope, nope, go over to the left side. So we're on the left side, and Carrie's <laughs> kind of looking around and get there, and she she grabs my the side of my cheek and pulls me down, and, and <laughs> she does she say something to us? Did she what did she say to us? Do you remember? I don't I don't remember. Something about, does so she long... say something about the show? Like because we uh, have shirts on. Well, it might have been something along the lines of uh, "glad you guys are here" or "come." I remember her saying, "Come on in, guys." Like, yeah. I think we were a little bit like, you know, "Oh my gosh, the moment has come," yeah. you know. <laughs> and we were geeking out a little bit, and uh, you know, she said, "Come on in, guys." And just very warm, uh, you know, just telling us how much you know she's comfortable with, uh, doing what she does. Like you said, she has all kinds of other past histories and, and just being able to be so close to fans. Like I said, she just gets right up there and, and just gives you a warm feeling. So, uh, like you said, it's so much fun to be able to, to relive that. She was, she was super, it was just quick, but you just kind of feel like you're, you're, you're you have your brush with greatness. You know what I mean? Just yeah. the impact she yeah. has. Um, it was so fun and it's something I'll never forget. It kind of helped sort of 
focus us where we want to go because we we wanted we we like bringing Star Wars being one of many many uh, wonderful podcasts and and f- things in fandom. We can bring Star Wars um, in a whole new way and try to get people to discuss it. And she was an inspiration to us because she she didn't put herself she, you know above others. She she didn't um, big time anyone. You know what I mean? She she was welcoming to everyone, and she had a wonderful wonderful sense of humor about herself. I mean, it's been going all over the the internet recently. Her roast of George Lucas at, at the AFI presentation. Um, yeah, that's true. One of my favorite performances of her, if not my favorite performance of her, is not Star Wars related, but is when Harry met Sally, where she was yep. awesome in that. You know, she was uh, married to what was the name? Bruno Kirby. Bruno Kirby. Yeah. yeah, she that was she was his. She played his wife in that one, and. She was, you know, I, I want to hear, Bill, you said you've got some stories on her. And you, I mean, you're obviously well-stooped in, well, in Hollywood and Hollywood lore. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot to talk about here, you know, to your point of, you know, you're kind of overwhelmed by seeing the movie star. I mean, if you guys know, you know, let's talk about Hollywood history for a moment. You know, John Wayne was known to people he was 40 feet tall because that's the size of the screen, you know. So there was a time in Hollywood history where a film star – was literally bigger than life. You know, they, you only saw them, you know, there's only one way to see them and that was down at the cinema. And usually the air conditioning was nice, even if the movie was bad, you know, but you'd go in and see people sitting on a horse or like in George Lucas's case, seeing space adventures. And, you know, these people are bigger than life. And, uh, you know, when they step off that screen and they're seen, it's a little mind blowing. I mean, the human mind is just set up that way. Movies were always meant to be events, you know, and Carrie Fisher, the interesting thing about her is, you know, we're seeing a lot of what happened in 2016 is the last of their kind because they were the first of their kind. You know, uh, I don't know if you guys have seen that photo of Carrie Fisher backstage at the Riviera watching her mom perform. Have you seen that? Yeah. The little girl. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. She had yeah, been, like, what, night? four or five, maybe? I think I think she was, like, uh, about that, yeah, because it was 1963, I think. I might be wrong on that. It might have actually been 1960, but the photo. But there's a shot of, a you know, this little girl then, and it's Carrie – it's, uh, you know, Debbie Reynolds' daughter, Carrie Fisher, sitting on a chair, and there's her mom out on the stage, literally bathed in a spotlight, kind of doing one of those arms out, oh, you're all so lovely, kind of. Things which you know Carrie would have seen a thousand times in her life. So when you guys mention you know the way she was towards fans and you know she was a pro, you know and she was a pro that was immersed in old Hollywood and old Hollywood they are pros. You know what I mean? It was like it it was a business and they knew how to do this stuff and they were the kind of people that you know often loved and embraced doing those kind of things because there was certainly no bigger star you know, among, uh, the peers of, um, uh, you know, Debbie Reynolds in her time, you know, I mean, she was in singing in the rain when she was 19 years old, you know, and this is a, you know, Carrie was born, you know, to a mother, you know, and the father wasn't present because of one of the biggest scandals in entertainment history up to that point involving the biggest names in show business. So imagine that, you know, in, in many ways it's the family business. And with all that being said, there was no guarantee for Carrie Fisher. She's going to be an actress. She does a little scene in shampoo. She could have done many of those and had some good performances like Harry met Sally and different things. But 
that makes her a workaday actress. Star Wars makes her a legend. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. it's just there's no way around that moment. The movie's just too big. Uh, the legacy's just too big. And that's because of the effect on fans. That's where it always comes down to the effect on us as an audience, you know, and like I say, there's no chemistry that can tell you what that is. Um, but certainly George Lucas, uh, you know, touched on something, you know, and, and artistically speaking, it's hard to overstate that. And when you're part of that and get swept up into it, um, you know, I, I see it as just nothing but positives. And the fact that, you know, uh, Carrie Fisher dealt with a lot of you know struggles in her own life, the way she handled them was as brilliant as any human could ever do. I mean, with the sense of humor, I mean, with the, uh, uh, you know, the wry sense of humor and just the intelligence and the wit and the skill. I mean, she was a genius, you know, she had so many genius qualities and to embrace, you know, you know, a bipolar condition of which there is just no cure for, mm -hmm. you know, I, I, I think of Carrie Fisher and I think of somebody who won, you know, who overcame everything and she just won. And man, in a world where people struggle every day and sometimes feel like they struggle alone, what better role model? Yeah. What better role model than that? It's true. It's true. Well said. Uh, it's, it's again, like there are, there are so many touching tributes that are out there. StarWars.com, our, our good friend Dan Brooks, the senior editor at StarWars.com, had to write an obituary, in, in essence, an obituary, in essence, of her. It's, it's the main feature page of the Times recording on StarWars.com with, with a wonderful picture of her. And it just talks about her as a writer and her wit and the fact that she was such an endearing person. And who could forget Gary, her beloved bulldog, um, yeah. that she took with her everywhere. We got to meet Gary. I got to pet Gary. That's right. And, wow. you know, it's just like a part of who she is. I'll never forget um, its celebration in London when uh, Andy Gutierrez, who's a friend of the show also, and, and a huge, huge Carrie Fisher fan. In fact, when she was on our show, she said Carrie Fisher was her spirit animal. Well, fast forward a year and a half, and she's sitting on the set that StarWars.com has made of the Bridge of the Falcon, and Gary comes strolling out, and Andy kind of, puts her hands over her face and just kind of, you know, has this fangirl moment of, oh my gosh. And Carrie Fisher walks out and they hug and talk. And you could tell that Andy was overcome. That, that was the kind of impact she had on people. She was, she was, I don't think she took herself seriously at all in the best way possible, but I think she took right. life seriously. And I think she took her family seriously. And I think she realized, and I think it's fair to say, it did take a lot of time to get to this point. And she, she famously joked that every time she looked in the mirror, she had to pay George Lucas because he owned her likeness. You know, that's, that's just, I mean, it took a while to, to <laughs> kind of come great. to grips with that. I'm sure, how could it not? But eventually she just embraced it, and it's remarkable. She's, she's someone that we're not going to soon forget. And, you know, like you said, Bill and Corey, she's going to live on. She's going to live on forever because of these movies. And, you know, actors... You know, some of them just take on a role and it's a role and that's it. But sometimes you feel like there's a little bit of their personality that's injected into it. I know Harrison Ford had a lot of input on how Indiana Jones was shaped in Raiders of the Lost Ark. And I think it's reasonable to assume, and there's plenty of documentation to support, that she had a big impact on the direction of Princess Leia, especially in the original Star Wars. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. The other thing, too, I want to say is, you know, as much as I wasn't that close to her, like we said, we don't, we don't follow 
you know, we follow in our own respects uh, yeah. online. We, we were allowed to, you know, see digitally through these people's eyes and what their, you know, day-to-day interactions are. But I love going back and reading some of the old stories and, and Bill, of course, the stories told that, that, that of the, of that whole old Hollywood and the growing up and that, that culture. Yeah. Um, there's so much there. There's so much, uh, that she had to get through, I think too. And we, we, I don't understand it personally. I really don't. I, it's something that she came out stronger for. I think in the end, like you said, Dan, she was still striving at the, you know, her, you know, just to make her voice heard, uh, and in, in the last moments I'm, I'm sure. But, um, just being able to, you know, work through that and come through that. That's not an easy life. We, you know, of, of, of coming up through that and looking to, uh, you know, play that role, I guess. And she obviously had a lot going on personally, which I can't relate to again, but I think going back and reading stories of, of other actors, you know, speaking about her and just telling about how much how wonderful she was. And, you know, like I said, some of the roles that wasn't, there weren't Star Wars roles. I'm, I'm curious to go back and, and watch her in those. I, I only, I only can only kind of relate to her with Star Wars. I, I and Harry met Sally. I've seen that a couple times, but it doesn't resonate with me like Star Wars does. So I'll, I would curious to go back and watch that and just, and just enjoy it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's, 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 it's so much fun to be able to go back and, and see those things. One of my all time favorite, about uh, uh, films period, by the way, when Harry met Sally, go ahead, Bill. Yeah, can we talk about that resonating thing? Because I think that's very interesting here. And um, I, I watched uh, 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 Star Wars: New Hope on VHS the other night. Oh, that's and great. This, that's great. yeah. And this was the one before a lot of the tweaking, you know. Yeah. And I sat there and watched it, and and I felt, you know, I I felt all the years that had passed and everything. But there's something that really struck me about this, and you know, I'm old enough to remember some of these times and, and maybe, you know, some people listening are, are even older yet. They can remember back to the sixties, the seventies, whatever, you know, um, what George Lucas did with this movie and with that character and what Carrie Fisher embodied, isn't it interesting that throughout the 1970s, there were a lot of women in movies and on television and hanging on posters on your bedroom wall mm-hmm. that wore a lot sure. less clothes that were a lot more, uh, Fiberty, let's say Fiberty Jiberty cheerleader like, you know, not to point anyone out, Farah, but you know, someone that, 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 <laughs> there are, that there felt, pinups. Yeah, pinups that fell more into the the giggly wiggly, you know, thing that got the attention of young boys and young men. You know, but yet it was Carrie that so many people, so many men, you know, and, and before we even talk about her effect on, you know, women, so many men were like, wow, that was my first girlfriend. That was yeah. Right, you know, first crush, first crush, and you look at that and you go, well, "Why is that?" And isn't it fascinating that, like Debbie Reynolds, and like that generation of just you know beautiful women who were just broads, you know, that could handle their own and really, you know, could dance with uh, two of the greatest dancers in the world in a scene and just yes. shine in between them. I mean, think of the power of this. And here's, you know, Carrie Fisher who knows that and is in effect kind of is that because in the movie, you know, I think princess Leia, uh, became what every man, young boy secretly desires. And that is, gee, I would like a pretty girl like that to like me. And Oh my goodness, look how tough and wily and smart she is. Oh, and look at this moment. She thinks I'm brave or courageous. I mean, what a mixture. 
You know, it, it goes far beyond just just a sexual attraction or emerging, you know, sexuality to say, here's a woman you know, that's teaching young men that a strong, confident woman, you know, she thinks you're courageous and she likes you, but she'll also tell you, hey, buddy, you know, get it together. We need to deal with this situation. And it's like, oh, my God, I'm intoxicated by this female, you know, and, and that is a testament to Lucas and obviously to Carrie Fisher and just that whole thing, because ask yourself, why isn't any other movie in the 1970s with an attractive female character? Why doesn't it have that impact? You know, in, in, in terms of the fantasy, in terms of the projection, in terms of the male and female role models. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is something that Hollywood does better than any other place on earth, you know, in terms of getting down to those story elements that move us emotionally and, and transport us to another place. Because, that's why Star Wars was viewed so many times. People walked into that theater and the entire effect of it, from the writing to the directing to the special effects to the acting and to John Williams' score, the entire effect of it was you lost time. You could be in the Bronx. You could be in L.A. You could be in the middle of Utah. You could be in Peoria, Illinois, where I saw it as a, as a 13-year-old. And for those that time you were in that movie theater, you were transported. And you wanted to replicate that feeling because it was a it was a good feeling and it was bigger and brighter than real life. And I think, uh, you know, Carrie Fisher in that role and even in real life was bigger and brighter than real life. Something else interesting that what you both said kind of triggered it for me Um, as a kid growing up and buying, you know, kind of the front line when the Kenner Star Wars action figures started coming out. There was a, I was a completist, you know, I want to get all the, the characters, I want to get all the action figures, and obviously Princess Leia is in the original line. And I never thought twice about getting it, because it was Princess Leia, and you had to have it, because it was Princess Leia, she's that important. Now let's, let's look at other toy lines, uh, you know, right, right. man right, with Tila, or <laughs> Scarlet with G.I. Joe, I still bought those characters, but I felt embarrassed, because I was a guy, right. right? And I was buying a girl toy. And, and, you know, in the late 70s, that wasn't embraced. That wasn't encouraged. Now it's not, not a big deal because it's okay. You know, it, it's a travesty that there are boy toy aisles and girl toy aisles. But it was even worse back then because, you know, it was sort of looked like, why would you want to buy a girl toy? Do you want to buy Barbies? Well, you know, I wanted to buy Princess Leia because yeah. she was powerful and she didn't. She didn't come with that stigma because I think she sort of, like you said, transcended it. And yeah. That, and let's, let's be real. I mean, you know, you're talking about uh, in the '60s, '70s. Uh, we know what racism uh, was like, and, and honestly, what it still is now. But but I think it's fair to say when um, when it comes to athletics, uh, we don't always see color, and that's the way it should always be in every walk of life. But tragically, as we well know, anyone who's ever been alive knows that that racism is quite real. As is sexism, uh, but right. to be a true feminist, to, you know, as Dr. Roberta tried to, as on our show told us, is to to believe in equality, equal work for equal pay. And I think what Carrie Fisher did, not only as Princess Leia, but just as a as a woman in Hollywood, showed us, you know, it's not about gender necessarily; it's about being a voice. And she was a voice. Yeah, it's funny, interesting that you said you're a completist of figures back in the 70s, and it was no problem getting her. And, and I'm looking up at my collection, my personal collection of just a couple of figures I have. I can count three female characters I have. Yeah. Uh, Jen Erso, we have Ray, and 
and Sabine uh, from the Star Wars universe. And those characters would not be there if it wasn't for Carrie Fisher and her role of Princess Leia. So I, I, I just look at that and go, wow, that's, that is, she really broke barriers and, and took charge. So I think a lot of the roles we see today are stemming from that. Like, you know, she was a pioneer and like you said, we can go back and watch those films and see that for, you know, for generations to come. You know, uh, it's funny, Dan, because you look at it another way, you know, back then when the Kenner line came out, you bought a princess doll. Sure. I mean, and, and of course you would, you would, you would never have considered not, you know, you can't have not the team without the team, you know? And that's what I mean that, you know, it's impossible for me to speak to, um, you know, the struggles of women and what women have to overcome in our culture and society every day, or it's, and it's impossible for me to say what Carrie Fisher and all she's done is meant to them. You know, same for people who've had, you know, struggle with mental illness. Those are all things that I can't really speak to as a, you know, man, as a white, you know, man in this culture. But, wow, I appreciate it. And oh my God, I'm so happy for it because anything that, um, you know, strengthens and emboldens and, uh, you know, lifts anybody up. It's like, how can you not cheer that? And what I'm saying is, you know, the context of star Wars, what Lucas created. And then of course the role Carrie Fisher had and that she played to the hilt and owned, um, and the life that she led is just, you know, it's rare and it's to be respected. And I think that's why in, you know, we mourn, we're not part of the family and this family has suffered terribly, mm-hmm. terribly this week, but we mourn and, um, there's a, there's a reason for it because art is what moves a culture forward. I mean, you know, I, I spent some time in Cuba some years back and, I was at the Hotel Nationale one day and I ran into a group of Americans who just happened to be the Milwaukee Symphonic Orchestra. Now, this is a time when the embargoes in full force and, you know, all this stuff is going on politically. It's always the artists that break the barriers first, the artistic exchange and the ability for filmmakers and documentary filmmakers. And like when we were there to go into these cultures is what first breaks down the barriers. The art precedes the politics by generations, unfortunately, and the art of women on screen and the roles of women becoming more powerful in many ways preceded, uh, you know, the women's movement in the culture, you know, cause Debbie Reynolds and her generation were part of, you know, they were tough women, you know, they, they were in a different time and you can see it in the movies, but they were also strong women who, you know, were to be, uh, dealt with as people, you know, and, uh, it's amazing to me that in that family, Debbie, Debbie Reynolds has an entire career where you see a certain arc or a certain time in history and, you know, how she's, uh, cast within that. And then her daughter basically picks up the baton and takes it another level for her generation and her time in history. And, um, like I say, I, I think that part of it, you know, as people who watch the culture, as people who love entertainment and, and show business, it is hard to overstate that because it it's you know it's generational, and there's only a few people that embody those roles. Right, I agree. And in, in you know, as again we said, there, this is a, this is a woman uh, who's a mom and a daughter, and her family they need your thoughts and your prayers and your positive vibes. So yeah. please send them and, and uh, continue the positivity and, and reflect on the positive aspects of her and her life and and hopefully it'll be a reflection of how we want to kind of treat one another uh, not only in fandom but just 
in our daily lives and to not be ashamed, not just be unabashedly yourself, learn from things and grow. You know, that's, I think that's something that whether she would have openly admitted or not, I think she clearly believed in that. And we appreciate that as do we, Bill, having you come back to us on coffee with Kenobi. Thank you again so much for your wisdom yeah. and, and uh, insights and you have an open door to come anytime. Well, I would love to share with you guys a story about Carrie Fisher and Debbie Reynolds that happened to a friend of mine, if you want to hear it. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Please. Okay. Um, and, and by the way, adding to what you said, Dan, all of that plus the humor, just the finding the humor, because if you don't find the humor, oh my God, <laughs> you know, um, the things we have to overcome, you know. So if anyone out there is struggling or has struggles or issues, I hope you'll remember Carrie Fisher and her desire to turn everything to see the funny side of it, because what the hell? You know, it's just, and that's such a powerful thing. I think Robin Williams was a lot like that too, but you know, Hollywood is actually a very small town in many ways. And somebody always knows somebody. I want to tell you a story about uh, a friend of mine, a guy named Pat, um, uh, Pat's this amazing guy. Uh, he's a musician and he's a sound engineer. He works on uh, television and has done independent features and he's just a, he's a brilliant sound engineer. Well, uh, Pat's grandmother went to high school with Debbie Reynolds. Now, this is a story to me that just embodies all of the strength of these women and their humor and the times they lived in. So Debbie Reynolds went to Burbank High School. And as you know, she was Miss Burbank at one point. Well, there was another girl in her class, and this was Pat's grandmother. And uh, Pat's grandmother uh, got pregnant while in high school. She was expelled from school, and I believe it was like her senior year. So imagine these times. A young woman's found pregnant. She was expelled. Um, Debbie Reynolds, her friend, her high school friend, uh, threw her a uh, party, you know, <laughs> for her and the baby. She threw this party for her. And they've been, they were friends, you know, throughout their entire lives. Well, here's what's interesting. Uh, Debbie Reynolds, you know, at 19 was in Singing in the Rain. So Debbie Reynolds goes on to be Debbie Reynolds. Pat's uh, grandmother is an ordinary young girl of that time. Well, she goes on to found uh, one of the uh, great um, makeup hair product companies. And then that which one escapes me right now, but I'm sure you could look this up somewhere. But one of the biggies, I mean the biggies. So here's Debbie Reynolds as a strong, independent young girl from Burbank, California. Her classmate is expelled for being pregnant. Her classmate stays friends with her throughout her life. And then Pat's grandmother builds, builds this amazing company. In fact, one time Pat had a, uh, a birthday party at his uh, grandmother's house and invited a few of us over there. And grandmother lived uh, on, in Elvis Presley's old estate in Beverly Hills. And wow. she, was, she was so successful that even that wasn't enough. She bought the neighbor's house at one point and the neighbor's house was on the market. She bought it. It was raised and she turned it. She built a, what do you call it, Japanese pagoda in the back with a giant koi pond. I mean, this is one of the most exclusive estates in Beverly Hills and Pat's grandmother and Debbie Reynolds hung out all the time. 
and were friends for the duration of their life. So imagine that two women from that era, two young girls who started out under those conditions and they both became wildly successful. I mean, massively, massively successful. Um, I mean, I, I'll never forget being at the house because past grandmother is just a lovely woman and, and very much uh, into Japanese culture and built this giant, you know, it looked like you were in Tokyo we were in the backyard of this place. And there was, uh, there was the, the room where Elvis had recorded suspicious minds. I mean, it, wow. it was everything you think, you know, about Hollywood. And you just look at this woman and think, wow, what a life she's led. Well, Pat's grandmother passed away a couple of years ago. And uh, Debbie Reynolds uh, got a hold of him one day, or he gets a call and says, Debbie wants to, to see you, wants to talk with you. So uh, Pat, um, my friend, goes up to Debbie Reynolds' house. And uh, Debbie sits there and has a conversation with him. And he said, basically, she wanted him to know how much his grandmother loved him. I mean, if, if you can imagine a woman who's so presence of mind that wants to share that, you know, talking to Pat about, you know, just the memories and how much, you know, your grandmother loved you and all this kind of thing. And, you know, Pat said he's sitting there and he, he, I think he had met Debbie many, many times, but he's sitting there with her. And of course he's thinking, wow, it'd be cool if Carrie dropped by, you know, <laughs> and, and after a while, uh, Debbie picks up the phone and calls Carrie and she basically says, Hey, Carrie, there's a nice young man here. He has long hair, but I think you would like him, <laughs> you know, cause Pat's a rocker and a musician. Huh. I think you would, you would like to meet him. And Carrie's like, sure, come on up. And as you know, they lived, you know, just up the hill from each other. They lived off cold, they live off Coldwater Canyon there in LA. And so then next thing Pat knows, he's, you know, walking with his arm out and Debbie Reynolds has his arm and he's walking her up the hill towards Carrie Fisher's home. And Carrie's, hello, how are you doing? In the house they go. You know, now he's sitting there talking with Princess Leia and he realizes, oh my God, Debbie Reynolds is trying to set me up with her daughter. (laughs) And he said, um, as they were walking up there, Debbie said to him, Pat, are you, are you a married man? And he goes, uh, yes, I am. And she goes, well, that's okay. People get divorced all the time, (laughs) 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 which is just, you know, the sass and everything you'd expect out of not only Debbie Reynolds and all she went through, but it's, it's the kind of humor that, that you would expect out of Carrie Fisher. Right. So anyway, he said he spent a lot of time, you know, up at Carrie's house. They, they all sat there and, you know, the Ned and, and Carrie walked him around, showed him the whole house. At one point they were hanging out in her bedroom, just having laughs and stuff, you know? And, it, and I realized too, he said that, um, Carrie Fisher's house used to be owned by Edith Head, who was the great costumer. Ironically, because, you know, Debbie, uh, Debbie Reynolds collected so many movie costumes on stuff, but Edith Head used to own Carrie's house. So that was the family p- compound. And to hear Pat tell this story, it, it just says so much to me about not only the generational struggles of people like his brilliant grandmother and people like Debbie Reynolds, but, you know, it tells me a lot about uh, Debbie Reynolds and Carrie Fisher's relationship. You know, and I literally, this was you know, probably a year or two ago. So there was Debbie trying to set her daughter up, you know, with a nice looking, you know, well-spoken young man. So I just thought that was a great story. And can you imagine Bill and Corey, how many stories like that are out there in the, in the world? And and let's hope that they come out because we like to hear them. They're inspiring. And, you know, again, these, these are the fact that we lost both of them so quickly. uh, It's sad, but uh, I, I feel very strongly that they are in heaven and, and 
things are so much there's so much more peace now and and we're grateful for that so on behalf of bill and Corey, this is dan uh thanks again for joining us everybody and uh post your memories and thoughts and why you love carrie fisher uh on our website amen thanks Corey. thanks dan thank you if you are a huge star wars fan and let's face it if you're listening to this podcast you probably are and if you love collecting Star Wars, the Star Wars Car Trader app from Tops is for you. The best part, the Star Wars Car Trader app features incredible images from the original trilogy, the prequels, the Clone Wars, Rebels, and The Force Awakens. Every era you love is included on the app. It's easy and a lot of fun, too. Beloved characters, key scenes, and unforgettable moments are in every pack. Open the app every day and get free credits to spend on card packs from the cantina trade with your friends, and make new ones along the way as you continue to add to your Star Wars collection. And it's all free. The variety makes it fun, too. So chase what you love. Some of the latest packs include poster series, classic comic book series, helmet variety packs, and so much more. There are even exclusive cards you can get by completing sets, as well as special inserts and even autograph opportunities. Don't worry about missing the cards you love either. As you sign up, for notifications right on the app. The Star Wars Digital Card Trader Collecting app from Tops can be downloaded for free from iTunes or Google Play. Be sure to download the app and start your collection today. The Star Wars Digital Card Trader app from Tops is available now. And remember, these are the cards you're looking for. Hey, Coffee with Kenobi, this is Connor Daniels. Been on your show before, listened to your show, great fan of your show. Heard on Twitter that you wanted an MP3s about uh, for your tribute to Carrie Fisher. I uh, never got to meet Carrie Fisher before uh, she passed away yesterday. Mm. Wish I had, but I watched uh, many, many interviews, many live streams at Celebration. I've talked to people who met her, and they, they and from what I've seen, she's an all-around very happy person, um, very ready to to talk about her performances as being Melty in The Force Awakens and other stuff like that, and very, very lively and happy to interact with the fans uh, this whole time and stuff like that. And she will be missed by many fans. For she always she always was one to, one to you know, crack a joke at, um, at uh, something, something that happened, uh, you know, lighten the mood, uh, love the fans, but uh, but maybe maybe crack some jokes about you know how ambitious they were to get her autograph or talk to her or come across the world to see her, and uh, that, those are my memories of Carrie Fisher as Princess Leia, a very very good actor and a and a big loss to Star Wars and Hollywood in general. Thank you. Give the evacuation code signal. This podcast is not endorsed by the Walt Disney Company or Lucasfilm Limited. It is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. The official Star Wars website can be found at www.starwars.com. Star Wars, all names, sounds, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Disney and their respective trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of Coffee with Kenobi unless otherwise indicated. If you love Star Wars and love the excitement of chasing your favorite Star Wars collectibles... The Star Wars Digital Card Trader collecting app from Tops is for you. Download the free app from iTunes or Google Play and collect your favorite images from the classic 1977 Star Wars cards to Clone Wars, Star Wars Rebels, The Force Awakens, and much more.
Collect and trade with friends new and old through the Star Wars Digital Card Trader collecting app from Tops. These are the cards you're looking for. A different future starts with you. That's why GoDaddy does more than help you find a name. You can create, sell, and get found online so any small business can drive change or build an empire. Because old ideas aren't cutting it anymore. This new year, we need a new generation of thinking, your way of thinking. So whatever you have in mind that will help make a different future, find everything you need to get started at GoDaddy.com. Because the future isn't decided yet. It's still ours to win. Start different at GoDaddy.com. A different future starts with you. That's why GoDaddy does more than help you find a name. You can create, sell, and get found online so any small business can drive change or build an empire. Because old ideas aren't cutting it anymore. This new year, we need a new generation of thinking, your way of thinking. So whatever you have in mind that will help make a different future, find everything you need to get started at GoDaddy.com. Because the future isn't decided yet. It's still ours to win. Start different at GoDaddy.com.